0: welcome to cryptid crossroads 505 i'm larry and i'm vince welcome to the show where we talk all things cryptid sasquatch aliens hauntings and anything paranormal you would like to share with us you can reach us at cryptid 505 at gmail.com so settle in open your mind and enjoy the show Did Crossroads 505. We're back in the studio doing it once again. I'm here with my co-host Vince. Vince, give me a shout out. Hey
1: everybody, welcome back. We hope you had a good holiday season. Whatever you choose to celebrate, hope it was
0: good. That's right. We do apologize for not letting you know in advance that we're going to be taking a couple of Fridays off due to the holidays, but we hope you enjoyed it with your family, but we're right back here doing it once again for you.
1: Right. We hope you had a squatching holiday.
0: That's right. And before we get started, we're going to do our usual toast to you. And uh, we thank you for riding this train with us.
1: Yes. Now, this is, uh, since it's the cold and flu season, this is cough syrup.
0: This is NyQuil.
1: It, yep. It's a uh, grandpa's medicine. That's right.
0: To you. Ah.
1: Good, good, good.
0: I think that's going to cure what was ailing me.
1: Well, the only bad thing about that is you're going to have to go back to work.
0: Oh, well, (laughs) you know, maybe someday I'll get lucky and win the lottery.
1: Ah, you got to play first.
0: Son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Details, details. 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 Anyway, tonight we're going to get back on the Sasquatch topic because... That's what we love. We love the big guy, right. what he's all about.
1: Right. Now, uh, in our little off time, uh, there, there's been a whole lot of uh, programs on TV, on the streaming services about Bigfoot, Sasquatch, and, and we're talking, and that's pretty much what we did the last two weeks is watch the uh, documentaries right. and shows. I
0: watched a bunch of uh, episodes on Sasquatch on These Woods Are Haunted, season three episode whatever, and there's a lot of them. Right. And, uh, you know, one thing I did come to the conclusion of, and uh, I agreed with the gentleman on uh, one of the Bigfoot documentaries I was watching, he said that there is a boom of squatching interest nowadays. And I wonder why that is. You, you think it's because of the way social media is and all the pictures that are put out on social media? and well, I,
1: Yeah, I think that's a big part of it because uh, people could share information now where back in the day, if you had a sighting, you probably wouldn't report it at all because they think you're nuts. Right. Or two, if you report it, who you can report it to the police and it's going to disappear after that.
0: Here,
1: here, people could actually share their stories. There's uh, communities such as our uh, our web page community. Uh, That's you right. can share your stuff there. There's several communities on Facebook. Um, there's a lot of communities you can share, and uh, for the most part, without being ridiculed, we always have the trolls, the non-believers. Of course,
0: and you know you're right because. Uh, in these groups, you could share the footage that you have without being criticized. And you're right. Back in the day, if you tried to share it to someone, the sheriff would say you saw a bear. Or the, right. the forest ranger would say it was a bear. They want to dismiss it. But they can't anymore. Right. Even my wife, who's not a believer, has seen some footage. And there's one that she admitted to me that that's pretty damn realistic. Right. And uh, it's probably, it is real.
1: Right, exactly. Uh, Like we always say, you just approach it with an open mind. And If you approach with a a closed mind, not believing, you're not going to believe the video to begin with. And Same on the other end of the spectrum. If you're one of these people where you're out in the woods and everything you hear is a Sasquatch, you see these videos, of course you're going to say it's a Sasquatch. But if you just keep an open mind and watch it, (laughs) with a little bit of common sense you're going to be able to pick out the phonies
0: of course now i was watching one of these episodes and it was a father and son that wanted to take a a camping trip so they went up to a spot that is remote you know kind of like we do we go out in the remote part of the forest and the father had been there a few times before but this time when they went they had a I'd say a pretty frightening squatch experience. And what caught my attention is the size of the squatch that the son said he saw walk behind the father Um, because they started smelling a stench in the camp and, you know, kind of like we've smelled that wet dog and that stink. And they also started smelling blood, so they thought, well, you know, maybe there's a fresh kill. So... The the sun went out a little past the camp, and yeah, they found a fresh deer kill. Now, he he, he said the father came after him with his flashlight looking, but, you know, the campfire was going, and he described this creature as blocking out the campfire when it walked by, and the shadow, he said he could see the silhouette because of the fire, and he guessed that it was about 10 feet, 1,000 pounds. Wow. That's big. That's huge. That's huge. And uh, the next morning, they kind of looked for a prince, and then they got the hell out of there because the son didn't want to be there. Now, the father said the son didn't want to go back. He said he's done, kind of like your son. Right. And uh, the father said it just drew him back because he's been there, and he was curious as to what what they saw that night, and he said, well, let me go look for some evidence, some footprints or whatnot. And he did find some good prints, uh, showed some pictures of it, and it's pretty convincing, but, you know, he, he was not really a believer, but he is now. Right. And I guess some for some people it takes that firsthand experience to become a believer.
1: It, it does. I mean, it, it'll change your life. Like for me, I've I've always been fascinated, and we've talked about this in past episodes. Like, uh, what was that one with Leonard, Leonard Nimoy, where we first saw the video? Uh, oh, in search of. In search of that. In search the, of. The first time we saw it was a Patterson Gimlin film. Right. And I, I was astounded. Uh, you know, I was a, I was a young child and m- maybe a little scared. <laughs> right. But uh, then you go on throughout the years. I've heard uh, stories here and there. And we've even had uh, instances where younger things have happened. And I look back and I'm like, yeah, that was a a Bigfoot thing when we went camping. Right. And um, it it just didn't seem that popular at the time, the topic, because you'd hear it. The only time you'd hear about Bigfoot is like in joking or whatever. Right. And uh, I I never really heard too many uh, eyewitnesses tell me their story until... uh, after I got back from the military, and uh, our father had seen one, and my mom told me the story. And I'm like, "What, really?" And, and then uh, that was it until uh, I had my incident, and that kind of it drugged me down a rabbit hole. We we started doing research, and and that's when we got on the social media where we could find where people were sharing their stuff, and and it's just I don't know if it was already big or it just came into my view but it just exploded and now people uh it's strange people want to tell me their story now that we started the podcast they want to tell me their story but they don't want to come on and tell it right
0: and and I think it back when we were growing up as kids yeah it, it was that criticism thing you know uh people were people were different back then right nowadays there seems to be a culture of I don't give a damn right but back then, people really cared what other people thought about them. Uh, society wasn't as loose, and I, I, I think today people are like, well, you're not going to tell me what I saw because I know what I saw. People are a little more assertive today with things they see, and it, it it even plays out in the UFO community, you know. People say, well, you don't know what they're like. I do know what I saw, so don't don't try and criticize me. Don't... Make right. fun of me! Don't call me a liar. That's you right. There, you weren't there. That's and that's one of my biggest things. Like I tell people, tell me your story. I wasn't there. I can't call you a liar.
1: Right. Now, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about, uh, we—I was watching all these specials, and uh, there was one gentleman in particular, a yeti sighting here in North America.
0: Did did they say where?
1: He. They did, but. I, I saw so many of these programs. You know, my information may be right. you know
0: No, I it, I it
1: was up in uh
0: the Northwest. Maybe Canada. Okay, the Pacific Northwest.
1: Yes, up, up in that area where it's real <laughs> thick. Uh they get a lot of snowfall. Right. And uh to me that was very interesting because uh what we know about the Yeti, now it's supposed to be a relative of the Bigfoot in theory. Nobody knows for sure. But the yeti is more of a high altitude, right? Um, now that that then there alone is uh, how does it survive in their them altitudes? But I I don't know we we don't know it might not stay in those altitudes.
0: Well, it, my thing is it, if it were living in high altitudes for decades, like some people have said, let's look at the uh, the Himalayan tribes that live in the high altitude. If I were to go to that altitude, I would need oxygen. Yet these tribal members that live in the Himalayas and live in the high altitude, they could trek up these high altitudes with very little oxygen, carrying backpacks and whatnot. People hire them for you know, scouts to take them and carry their luggage and whatnot, and they don't have a problem. I think it's adaptation.
1: Adaptation to and, your environment, uh, <clears throat> right? But uh, it 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 comes over generations because there's something in their genes, and uh, I want to say they trace it back to one of the Neanderthals, or I don't know, maybe even Yeti. Right. But uh, there's something in the gene that allows you to uh, be better in those low oxygen environments.
0: Right, and and, and it's kind of like where we live here in New Mexico, if. We were to go to California because the oxygen levels are so much higher. If I could run a mile here and I get winded, I could go down there and run probably two and a half miles before I get as winded.
1: Right. And we experienced that when uh, we joined the military. Well, you did and you went somewhere else.
0: I went to San Diego. Oh, oh,
1: that's right. You did. I did. did. Yeah. We both went to San Diego for boot camp and (coughs) we experienced it.
0: Yeah. You immediately take off running and this is with boots and you're like, oh damn, I ran a mile. Like, and it didn't even win me. Right. But I could barely make that mile in high school. <laughs>
1: right. But getting back to the Yeti thing, right. uh, a Yeti in North America, That's that was the only uh, sighting I've ever heard of. And uh, on the program, they said the same thing. Now, what exactly is the difference between a Bigfoot and a Yeti? A lot of people associate the Yeti as being more violent. Now, right. by violent, uh, you would imagine being up in higher altitudes – Meals are scarce, right. so when you come across something, hey, he Some wants, protein. To, eat. He wants yeah. to eat, right? Right. So that's a big factor uh, where they say most of the Bigfoot encounters, they're, they'll either shy away from people or it's more curiosity. But then again, you do have the... <clears throat> the bluff charges, and then we go back to the big thicket where they're supposedly are violent, right? And even the the stories from the Native Americans where you have two types: the brown and the red, and the red ones were violent, and they would even eat peoples,
0: right? And and you know that goes back to the Native Americans saying that uh, some tribes don't look at as Bigfoot as a creature; they look at them as a force, brother, and some tribes look at them as an enemy, someone that wants to. Steal their women and eat their children. And so it all depends on what area you're located in and what tribes you talk to. And I think the geography plays out with these animals because you're right, like the the Yeti, let's say, uh, first of all, I don't know how that Yeti got to, you know, uh, Canada. But I mean, it's possible. It's possible. Anything's possible. But if you're right, like these Bigfoot that are in the Pacific Northwest, they're not too violent because everything's plentiful there.
1: Right, right. I was going to say a, a good analogy is um, like somebody, one of your neighbors drive by, hey, you're going to wave at them. But if that neighbor tries to kick in your door, your attitude's going to change.
0: Totally, totally. And I've heard the big thicket down in the Texarkana way, that area where, where it's located. I've heard that they are a little more aggressive because we're encroaching, we're building, building, building in that area, right. and we're encroaching on what they consider their territory. And I mean, that makes sense. I mean, like you said, someone come and knock on your door and say, you got to move out today, or we're moving in, right. it, it, that's not going to fly.
1: Or they don't even give you that courtesy, they just start moving in.
0: right. And that's what we do.
1: Right, right. And um, if that's the case, with human expansion, <clears throat> it might not be in the near future that we see. But at one time, if humans keep expanding and the human race keeps growing, it's going to come to a head with their, their territories and yeah. stuff. Or else they're going to be pushed to the highest peaks of the mountains where we don't or can't inhabit.
0: Right. Right. Um, now, you know, they say that, uh, there's so much territory and forest land just here in America that hasn't been explored. Right. It it makes me think, you know, these creatures, why are they located? Well, just why are we located in these areas as well? But I would think that some of them would be looking to. Get out into some of these remote areas. I mean, for instance, when we're watching Discovering Bigfoot, where uh, Todd Standing goes, there—that's pretty remote. And if right. you if you look at uh, the area of view of where he says they come from and whatnot, I'm like, man, they they have a, the run of the place, right? And I could see maybe those uh, tribes or those groups expanding like crazy.
1: Yeah, and uh <clears throat> I I forgot where I heard this, somebody quoted saying that uh <clears throat> this the Bigfoot uh population hasn't been kept in check. Nobody really knows and uh I think it was a farmer who said this because they come in radius crops. Right. He said uh one of these days we're gonna have a big problem on our hands.
0: Right. And and he could be right. On this documentary I was watching, they were talking about how many uh, squatches, do people think are in? It's called the habitable zone, and it goes from Canada all the way to the Shenandoah Valley, you know, Kentucky, in that area. Right. And one person said, wow, well, I don't think there's more than a, a few hundred. One person said there's got to be 4,000. You know, we really don't know. We don't know because these creatures are so elusive, but everyone did agree on this documentary that. When you see one, they're not alone. Right. As for years and years, people thought there was just one roaming around. and well, That's what we thought. Yeah, but but no, they, they do travel in packs, and that's becoming more and more common among people that you ask because most people say, I saw one here, and then there was another one there. Um so I do think they do not travel alone. Whether it be a scout, whether they be hunters, whether it be the clan, right? They're always together.
1: Now, when I had my uh, little encounter there, there was a minimum of two, two that I knew for sure, right? But I don't know if there was any other in the forest watching or, and uh, that's that's a uh, one area, a small area, the Hamus, right? A small area, and if there's even uh, well, there's got to be mating couples or else them two would have been gone long ago. Um, Even on Finding Bigfoot, they saw the twins, the juveniles. Right. Now, that tells me there's at least, I don't know, several mating couples. Well. And uh, we've all heard the stories about back in, by Los Alamos, where it's locked off for them. So say, say there was even just 20 in that little area. Could you imagine how many are in the Rocky Mountains or...
0: Well, I've heard theories that they're kind of like uh, some of the other creatures out in the forest. That you have the alpha male and the alpha, and the alpha female, and they're the ones that breed among the the clan, right? Because they're the biggest and the baddest,
1: right? And um, <clears throat> they don't overpopulate. They they populate compared. Uh, I guess according to the food supply,
0: right? And that's because they're masters of their environment. Right. They know where they live. They know how much water, how much food. So, no, you just don't want to be like the people on welfare here and have ten kids, because out there you got to survive for yourself. Right. Exactly. And if I offended you on welfare, I don't give a fuck.
1: Well, not yet, but I'm going on it next week. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, you know, I, I really, in in my opinion, I believe that there's a whole lot more than people
0: think. I, I think there is too. I really think that there's
1: because we're on the outskirts of these uh, these no man land, these lands that haven't been explored. We're on the outskirts. Uh, could you imagine, like you said, in the in the in the thick of it, the, where they the have the free of, run?
0: That's right. And let's look at it this way: because we've really stopped hunting, so of course the deer, the elk, wildlife has really exploded out there. Right. So this would give them a more abundant food source. And if you have a more abundant food source, your population's, population's going to grow. So, or,
1: or like in the big thicket, how many no, who knows how many's there because look at all the wild pigs. And, uh, uh, the,
0: oh, yeah, the feral pigs. I mean, so you really don't know. Um, the other uh, theory that they were talking about on some of these documentaries is they think these creatures are... Primarily vegetarian, you know, roots, berries, and whatnot. But every blue moon, if they get a chance, which I don't see why they wouldn't get a chance whenever they wanted it, that they do take deer, uh, caribou, uh, maybe even moose. And moose are big. uh, They take a a protein source. Right. And there's been many times that hunters have said, I've seen them with like a deer caucus, just thrown over their arm like a towel, walking with it. Right, like
1: the turkey hunter. Right,
0: and and to do that with a deer carcass, you're you're a big man.
1: Right, and now uh, another thing we don't know about their feeding habits is, uh, like we know wild animals, they'll feed what once a week, some
0: mm-hmm. of them. Some, some of them, most of them, yeah, they'll gorge yourself and right on the kill. Yeah.
1: But, so, how do these Sasquatch do it? I mean, they don't eat three times a day like we do, obviously. No.
0: I I think that while they're out, they forage. They they know what they can eat out there. Like we always say, they're masters of the forest. So, they know what uh, berries right. are <laughs> seasonal. They know what roots are seasonal.
1: While they're out scouting, they eat uh, boots. Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
0: boots <laughs> they eat boots <laughs> they eat nuts berries right um, roots and and you know that's plentiful uh, look at the berry bush that I spotted last time we were up in the Hamas that right there would be for for anyone that bush is like one big meal
1: right and, and if they they don't have the same eating habits as us when they do get the protein they're going to get full right away of so, course uh, a deer or an elk would feed several of them a nice chunk of meat each and they'll be happy.
0: Right. And and people may think that they need to eat a lot of protein to stay as big as they are and they have a ha- high caloric intake, but, but I, I, this is one thing that I was told. Um, there was a time in my life when I was thinking about trying to be vegetarian and, and I thought, well, you know, because I work out, uh, that may not work for me because I need protein and this and that. And uh, someone once said, do you see those big elk, the big bull, the big cow, all those animals out there forging on the green grass and that? They said that grass and most of these vegetables, green vegetables and plants, they have just as much protein as meat. They said, do you think that cow got that big just eating grass if it didn't have protein? Made a lot of sense to me. And when I started looking at some of these plant-based diets, they do have some, some plants have more protein than meat. Right, right. I mean, if you look at the eggplant, that has just as much protein as a big thick steak. Right. So they wouldn't really need to kill a lot of meat. I think that would just be when they feel like eating meat.
1: Right. Yeah, like I said... Even uh, once or twice a month, probably. Right,
0: right. So, you know, there's going to be plenty of game for them to survive if they got to go that route. There's also plenty of fish. And, uh, like, we were just talking about berries, roots, mushrooms. It's all out there, and we've seen it. We've stumbled across it.
1: And they're very good at throwing rocks, so I'm sure they eat birds and squirrels. Uh,
0: you know, I bet they do, because... That's what everyone says. They whirled that rock right by me, and if it would have hit me, it would have killed me.
1: Right, and not only that, you always hear about, like, uh, <clears throat> when they find these uh, these Bigfoot, um, what are they, like, the, like a tent or whatever, like, they make these little structures that they could sleep in the day. Right. There's... A dead bird or something close by? There's always...
0: Yeah, there's usually a dead carcass there. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying they just eat meat, because I don't believe that. I do think they are... They're like Neanderthals. They they forage. Uh, the other theory is that, you know, they think that they originated in China before the Bering Strait, you know, got separated and whatnot. And they think they came... Through China, because they say, look, they come through Canada, which Alaska and that area, Russia, and that all leads to the Bering Strait. And I, I thought about that, and I was like, well, it's probably right, because they think Native Americans that came to this country first migrated through the Bering Strait right. th- through Asia. And, I mean, it all makes sense. Just maybe don't tell them that. Well, maybe they all moved together at one time, you know what I mean? Right. They were following the food source as right. the Ice Age was coming. Right. They had no choice but to come through here and go south.
1: Right. Or even during the Ice Age, you had the, they could come across right there also.
0: They, yeah, absolutely. Um, I thought about that, and I was like, that's a pretty damn good analogy and the reason why is because uh gigantopithecus was only discovered in asia china and so they say if we put that together and they are even remotely associated with them then that's how they got here
1: right and that's a very good theory
0: it is i mean it made me think and i thought about it a lot and i'm like well and i said well you know what that's kind of the theory how the early Native Americans got here too. They crossed the Bering Strait, right. hunting and gathering. and Right, they were following the food chain. Right, and here's where it ended and here's where they got stuck. Right. <laughs> so, it, it makes sense to me.
1: Okay, so, but getting back to my question, what do you think about the Yeti in North America?
0: I, I think it's a possibility just because it's a high altitude creature. Like I said, we're high-altitude creatures compared to the people living in California. So if that creature were to come down, it wouldn't have no problem surviving. And if it was a little bit violent, it would be a damn good hunter anyway because it's, it's got that propensity to see food, catch food, eat food. Right. Um. So it would survive. I don't see why not.
1: Now, we have some uh, pretty good-sized mountain peaks here in North America in Canada. Have they been here all along, or did they? How, how do they come across?
0: I I think they're no. Just like I think squatches are. I think some habitat, but I think a majority of them they're they're hunter gatherers. It's it's in their DNA. They follow the food supply wherever it goes. Okay, and and I think maybe they've done the same. Right. Maybe that's... they've wandered and, and why why do people see? Uh, what are we seeing down here that we usually don't see? Moose. 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 Here in New Mexico. Yeah, here in New Mexico. We're, right. We but, seen,
1: but with the Yeti, now uh, it's, we think a Yeti, we think like the Tibetan mountains, right. of course China, because they, they border. Of course. Now, I, I've never heard of a Yeti sighting until i seen this documentary. Now, did are they coming down? Have they been here? Well, That's my
0: question. Maybe, maybe there's a misconception between an albino Sasquatch and a Yeti. Right. Because we know the Yetis are predominantly white from what people say. Now, they, they do have the brown and red hair because according to the Tibetan monks, they did capture one and they have the skull, which is red hair, and they have the hand and they've preserved those two. For their
1: sacred artifacts, yes, then.
0: they are, and they both have the reddish hair on them. So, we know the Yetis are just not white haired. Uh, so there again, squatches have the same different color right. pigmentation, depending,
1: right? Okay, but um, you're right, it could be a misidentification. But, um, if you see what a, a Yeti footprint should look like. It's nothing like a Squatch. No, it's not. Squatch are more human-like, and the Yeti are more primate.
0: Right, they are, but I don't see why they couldn't find their way here. I mean, let, let's let say that they're...
1: But see, let, there's no land bridge now. There's no ice bridge. How would they get here?
0: There's, there's not, but here's a crazy theory. The way the ice shelves are breaking, what if one was hanging out on one and it broke, and it just happened to float with it? Before it totally mounted, and it gets dropped off in Alaska? Um, yeah, I'm, that's what i'm saying yeah, I, I don't we don't know, but
1: we don't we don't know if they could swim either because look a uh, polar bear could swim hundreds of miles right
0: and we know squatches can swim right, so why couldn't they swim uh, i I'm, there are just so many theories
1: right, and there are just so many possibilities to this sighting um, he, he said it, he was pretty sure it was a Yeti, but I don't know. Like I said, uh, how but do we really know?
0: When? We, we really don't know, but my thing is, like I say with everything, where there's a will, there's a way, especially for survival. If a creature needs to change its habitat because the habitat it's living in is no longer giving it what it needs to survive, it's going to move on. Right. It's going to find a way to survive.
1: And then that, that brings us back to the alien connection. What if they dropped one off?
0: We <laughs> don't know that either. I mean, it's a possibility.
1: Right? Yeah, I mean, there are just so many possibilities. Some may seem far-fetched, and, but we don't know. Because we, we, we just do not know enough about the subject. And that's what cracks me up is when they have these seminars and right. these so-called speakers that are the experts experts on Bigfoot. I'm like, Really?
0: Well, here's here's another theory that's not far-fetched. People will say, well, that's impossible. Well, 50 years ago, we thought it was impossible to be filming us on this little digital camera. 50 years ago, we thought it was impossible to have that little computer in our pocket. Right. So if that could become a reality, almost anything can.
1: 50 years ago, we thought it was impossible to have this little, that's right. little bundle of sunshine. That's right. So... <laughs>
0: I say people that are closed-minded put limits on what's possible out there.
1: Right, and uh, and, and that's the thing with our education system. They teach us to be closed-minded because they want us to just believe what's in the box they present to us. They,
0: they want you to live in that box because that box makes certain people rich. But that box can be broken, and it's been broken time and time again. Right. I mean, wolves were supposed to be extinct, and now they're flourishing Right. I mean, uh,
1: growing up, we've always heard uh, the experts, there's no wolves in New Mexico, and that's a bunch of BS because I know plenty of hunters who ran into them in the mountains.
0: They're out there. They're out there. Um, that's why I say they don't know them. Why? They're in a classroom teaching. They're gone. They're extinct. No. where the, Like I just said, where a creature feels the need to survive, it will go where it needs to go yeah. to find the food source, the water source. Right. And it, it, it's
1: funny you say that. They're in a classroom teaching. It's just like the non-believers. They never step foot in the forest.
0: That's why they're in the classroom or, or thinking.
1: They never get, uh, they're on the hiking trail and they're looking down watching their footing. And That's, like, like yeah. I have a lot of hunter friends and they said, well, I've been in the mountains my whole life. I've never seen one. I said, well, that doesn't mean they've never seen you.
0: That's right.
1: they just seen what you're carrying and they want to steer clear of you.
0: They see you carrying that big. Boomstick, and they're going to steer clear of you because they know what it means and they don't have one.
1: Right. Well, they got a big boomstick, but that's, that's a different show. Oh, that's a, that's a different show altogether.
0: <laughs> so, anyway, that's what we wanted to bring to you tonight. We hope you enjoyed our topic and our discussion. And, like we always say, reach out to us and give us your story, your thoughts, your comments.
1: Right, don't be shy. Don't be shy. You wanna? We're gonna include on our Facebook page a little button. If you wanna buy us a drink, you hit it.
0: That's right, and <laughs> it'll take you to the GoFundMe page, and you could fund us a drink.
1: Or well, we won't even do that. We'll just uh, send you a self-addressed stamped envelope. <laughs> <laughs> you can send the singles because we're gonna be drinking at the
0: at the distribution at, at the
1: uh, adult uh, nightclub. Oh,
0: okay. All right, <laughs> That's right. Anyway, thanks for listening. Hey, thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. And be sure to reach out to us at cryptidcrossroads505 at gmail.com. Peace. Peace.